The Start Your Own Business Podcast. Hear inspiring startup stories and get reliable expert advice on how to start your business and get off to the best possible start. Brought to you by Startup Donut, helping small businesses succeed. Hello, I'm Chloe Thomas, best-selling author and award-winning podcast host. Welcome to the second season of the Start Your Own Business podcast, where I get practical advice from experts and small business owners that can help you set up a new business and get it off to a great start, saving you time and money along the way. In this episode, we are talking sales. Some of you love it, some of you will hate it. But as our guest today is going to explain, it is way easier to do than you think. And there's just a couple of skills. If you can nail them, and trust me, we all have the potential to nail them, you are going to find selling works really, really well for you. We're taking a focus on face-to-face selling, but all these tips will work whatever medium you are selling via. Before we meet our guest, please do take time to find out about our sponsors, the Federation of Small Businesses, and how joining could be among your best business decisions. This series of the Start Your Own Business podcast is brought to you by Startup Donut in association with the Federation of Small Businesses. Running your own business is exciting. You've got a great idea, the ambition to succeed, and lots of questions about how you can make your business a success. That's why the Federation of Small Businesses is behind you every step of the way, whatever your business dreams. With FSB's Startup Hub, you'll learn business law basics, discover top tips for securing funds and hear advice from successful entrepreneurs. From startup to scale up, start your business journey with the Federation of Small Businesses. Find out more and download a free startup guide today by visiting fsb.org.uk forward slash start. It's time to introduce our expert, Glenn Williamson, CEO of the fascinatingly named Kiss the Fish Training. As a consultant, sales director, sales trainer, speaker, and accredited master coach, Glenn enables sales professionals and SME business owners to reach new heights of sales performance. With more than 35 years experience, Glenn is also a fellow of the Institute of Sales Management and is chair of judges at the UK Business Awards. Welcome, Glenn. Thank you, Chloe. Lovely to be here. Thanks for inviting me. It's excellent to have you here. And as a self-confessed useless person at sales, which I'm sure you'd disagree with that statement for starters, yes, I, would. <laughs> <laughs> I am always interested to learn from someone who is excellent at it. So I guess first off, why is being able to sell face-to-face super important for startups? Well, it really comes down to trust. You see, we're in the age of information. When I started selling back in the 80s, if someone wanted to buy something, they would either invite a salesperson to go and see them or visit an exhibition or go to a library. Now in this age of information, people are awash with information. They have access to so much information that um, it, it can be perceived as quite easy to buy something. But actually, as a, as a sale becomes more complex, i.e. more people involved and higher in value, it's really important for the buyer to develop trusted relationships with sellers so that they make good purchases. And the key here really is that in this modern world, buyers just cannot afford to make bad purchases. They have to buy value. So 
When someone's making a purchase, they have to see more than a website. When I interv interview buyers, I always say that, you know, they really need to develop trusted relationships with suppliers. And presumably there's an angle as well, well on the startup side of things that in the early days, you're still learning a lot about your customer. So if you're doing that face-to-face -face piece, it's going to accelerate how well you develop your business as well as bring in the sales. Absolutely key. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, for a new business, I would argue that there's nothing more important than understanding their customer and their marketplace. So how best to do that? Is it better to read a lot about them or sit in front of them and experience, experience their businesses face to face and look at how they operate? I completely agree agree with you. You've got to get chatting, yeah. literally chatting to those customers to develop your, your, your startup business. Now, I said I'm not a natural salesperson, which I think you were agreeing with, <laughs> that, that nobody is an unnatural salesperson. So can anyone and everyone do face-to-face -face selling effectively? Yes, I think, I think they can. I think uh, the Clearly, if someone doesn't enjoy relating to people, then sales is probably the wrong profession for them. Um, but an incredibly wide range of people can and do sell extremely well. You know, I always say that if I could give one gift to every seller in the world, it would be the gift of curiosity. Because one of the keys to selling is the ability to get inside somebody's world and to see the world from the buyer's perspective. And anyone can do that in theory. As a sales trainer, I see all profile of people, so many different people selling competently. I see introverts doing it, extroverts, expressive analysts. It doesn't actually matter the type of person so much as the ability to empathize, to understand the buyer, to get into their world so that a solution can be found that works for all parties. So it's more about finding your selling style, I suppose, than it is about being able to do it or not? I think so. You know, some of the best salespeople I've met are actually technical because uh, what technical salespeople do very well is they ask great questions. They're incredibly curious and they want to get to the heart of the matter, understand why someone's buying and create solutions, which is really what selling is all about. The old stereotype of the extrovert, and we keep having to watch these movies uh, like The Wolf of Wall Street and those movies where the extrovert with a big personalities bold their way in and, and, uh, and, uh, use the force of their personalities to sell. That's a, that's an old cliche. It's not actually that way. But if someone can calmly get into somebody else's world, uh, see what they're seeing, experience what they're experiencing, you can be extremely good at sales. Sales is more about curiosity than expressive personality. So is it much more about listening than it is about pitching? Is that to put it really simply, is that what we're talking about here? Yes, I, I think that's a good way of putting it. I think listening is pro probably not as much spoken about as I'd like it to be in sales training circles. <laughs> yeah, and I, the, the way I like to, to, to put it is that if I had an hour to chop down a tree, I'd probably spend 40 minutes sharpening the axe because I wouldn't want to try and chop down a tree with a blunt axe. And it's exactly the same when I'm selling. If I had an hour to sell something to somebody, I'd want to spend 40 minutes at least understanding them, really listening to them, understanding their world so that when I start selling, it's much easier and the conversation flows much better. The customer knows that I'm acting in their best interest because I'm deeply uh, interested in them. 
And listening is key to this. So obviously we should be listening more and asking questions to, to explore those things. What other ways can we use to, to learn how to sell better? How can we get better at selling? Well, I think um, firstly, there's the mindset piece. And, and, and the mindset piece is uh, uh, we've got to be more appreciative of this idea that what you sell is almost irrelevant. What is important is why your customers and prospects buy. If you can focus your sales conversations precisely on why they buy and not what, what you sell, you'll immediately see the results. So I've said it before and I'll say it again, get into their world, see what they see, hear what they hear, understand their challenges, their environment, their experiences, and really understand what has led you to be sitting in front of them. Why will they give you their time? And that means the next thing we've got to be very good at is asking well-crafted, what I call powerful questions, because powerful questions are evaluations. They invite the buyer to evaluate. So if I go into a customer and I see, say, so, uh, you know, why did you invite me in? That's one question. But if I was to say to a customer, tell me what is critical for you to solve right now? That's a different question, a more powerful question that it invites the customer to evaluate uh, and give me a much better answer. So good sellers are good at two things at least. One, really understanding that it's why they buy that's important and that drives the conversation. And two, asking great questions to guide the sales conversation as well. See, that makes it just seem so simple and straightforward. I think we're all capable, very capable of getting to understand why people want to buy our product and asking them those powerful questions that elicit a really interesting response to enable us to understand the why. It, yeah, it sure. seems seems so, so doable. So I guess my follow-up question to that has to be, you train and coach hundreds, if not thousands of um, small business owners and salespeople. What are some of the, the most common mistakes you come across so we can help our audience to avoid those? Well, I think we've already spoken about a couple of them. But before I answer that question, I, I will come back to it. I will say just on your previous point that please do. without a doubt, selling is simple. It's what we do. It's how we survive. We are born to sell. We sell in all different contexts. But for some reason, when we come to work, we become really formal and we do something strange. But it's no different than selling the idea of getting your daughter to bed because it's uh, she's going to have a better day tomorrow <laughs> if she has a good night's sleep. We sell all the time. It's how we survive. So it's really important not to see uh, sales as something complex because I know there's lots of books on it that uh, do complicate it a bit, but it is simple. You know, some of the most brilliant salespeople that I've accompanied over the last 10 years as a consultant, sales trainer and coach, they don't complicate anything. They ask very powerful, easy to digest questions. They have very relatively simple discussions and they guide the customer towards the, the right solution for them in a really elegant way. But you don't see complexity in it. Selling is simple, but it's, it's it helps if you master some of the fundamentals, which takes me on to the second part of your question. And... I think some of the main mistakes are the things that we've spoken about. For instance, in my course on asking powerful questions to guide the sales conversation, I do a, 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 a section on listening. And what we find is initially people hear approximately 50% of what is said. Once we train the listening, they hear upwards of 85%. And that gap between 50 and 85% contains a whole world of golden nuggets. So we're not really hearing some of the important things we need to hear because we listen from habit. 
Yeah, or we selectively listen. And um, we're, we're trained to do this over a number of decades. And because we're so smart and so skillful at it, we can pull things out of a conversation and keep the conversation flowing. But the problem in selling is that you have to be incredibly present when you have to really understand everything that the customer is really saying. What I'm, thinking, what I'm imagining as you're explaining that is you've kind of got your boring uncle or aunt, this is not a gender specific piece, <laughs> mm-hmm. your boring uncle or aunt who you're very good at going, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you've remembered just enough to not let them realize you've actually been watching the telly and not paying any attention. Exactly. And that's not <laughs> enough to get us through a sales process, is it? Because we need to be guiding the conversation, not just not annoying the person we're talking to. Yeah, you're spot on. That's exactly it. Over a number of years and decades, we've become extremely skilled at having conversations whilst only listening to only part of what is said. Once we listen to all of what is said, we hear much more. And the difference is when we're talking to our uncles and our aunties, we don't really need to guide the conversation. But when we're in a sales scenario, we need to guide the conversation. uh, Otherwise, it becomes derailed. And the second mistake that I see very commonly actually, is that people start to sell way too early. Selling early is a problem that's, uh, well, let me say it, put it this way, selling early causes more problems for sellers than sellers realize. You see, if someone doesn't truly understand their customer fully um, and they start selling, the customer sometimes consciously, sometimes subconsciously, puts them in a little box that says, not acting in my best interests, and they keep that, keep them at arm's length. See, when someone starts talking about their product or service and doesn't relate it to its ability to solve the customer's problem, the customer actually becomes less interested because all they're hearing are assertions. So an assertion ceases to become an assertion when it's linked to the solving of a customer's problem or helping them to achieve a a result. So again, it's related to selling with a sharp axe, but it's really all about making sure that we don't start pitching or presenting or uh, evangelizing about our products and our services before we fully understand uh, our customer the problems they're having, the results that they want, and what they're going to look like after they have our fantastic products and services and they're transformed. Now, Glenn, given that we are talking about face-to-face selling, not over-the-phone selling, is there anything in, I guess, the demeanor or the body language of the person who we're selling to that we can use to help us in all of this process? Yes, for sure. I mean, um, how you show up is really important. You know, you only get to, you only get one chance to make a first impression. You might get chances to correct that impression, but you'll only ever get one chance to make a first impression. And people, whether we like it or not, are going to you know, form a, an opinion about you based on how you show up. So the first thing is that you know, we've got to show up really well. If we can adapt to the buyer's style and uh, uh, t- you know, dress, and come across in a way that works for the buyer ideal, but we've got to remain authentic in terms of who we are. And, you know, we've got to make sure that we are well-researched, that we show that we've done some research, that we care about the business that we're going to see, that we understand our business well, because 
one of the main reasons why they're seeing you is because they they're looking for insight from you. You know, they've got as much information as they need. What they're really looking for is insight, things that will help them say, "Ah, oh, I didn't realize that," or "Ah, oh, that's interesting," or "Oh, fantastic! That really helps me to know that." And that is one of the uh, building blocks of authority. So how we turn up is super important. So I um, make sure in, in every sales course that uh, I ever conduct to make sure that people are, when they turn up, they're well-fed, well-watered, because <laughs> you have to be well-hydrated to think well and to listen well and to ask great questions, that they look after themselves, that they dress uh, in a respectful way with, with their buyers in mind, and they're very responsible about how they carry themselves. So there's some uh, some kind of practical examples you can give us of how we can go about matching the customer because obviously we, we can't walk into the room and then change our jeans for a suit so um you know how how can we prep to make sure we're going to both feel comfortable ourselves and make our customer feel comfortable because we're kind of mirroring them in that way sure you know firstly we need to do our research we need to make sure that we understand our buyer personas the the the, the profile of people we're selling to and we need to you know, have conversations beforehand so we get a sense of who they are and, uh, and how they communicate. And we need to draw on all the experience and understanding of our networks to, to make sure that we understand who it is we're selling to. And then we need to make common sense decisions about how we, how we show up. You know, the whole idea about mirroring is an interesting one um, and, and body language and using that. I wouldn't put too much store against that, um, to be honest. That's an extremely advanced form of, of uh, uh, interacting. Mm -hmm. there, there are indicators in the body. Uh, some people, though, will cross their arms because they're cold, not because they are resistant or defensive. And some people will raise their eyes uh, when they're impressed, others when they're surprised. So body language can be helpful and mirroring someone's body language can actually help you to get into rapport, but you have to be very careful with it, uh, be very subtle with it, uh, and it's uh, easily misinterpreted. I would say just be aware of the other person and learn how they respond and react by being in the conversation, deeply interested and invested in their success. And you'll quickly develop the perceptive skills you need to interact with someone successfully. Got it. So we need to walk before we start trying to run. Yeah, definitely. And the, the, the key thing is to, to get those listening skills sharpened to, to continue the axe metaphor. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Just, just keep those sharp. And, you know, just tonight when you're with your, with your partner, your friend or your father or your mother or your brother or sister, just, just make a decision to yourself that you are going to be 100% in this conversation and hear everything they've said. You don't need to tell them and just listen to how much more you hear when you do that. When we take ourselves into the sales call and do that, it's magical. You hear things that your competitors will not hear. This is compet real competitive edge, I promise you. Yes, and it is something which, which we can practice, like you said, with everyone in our life. We can just try to listen better. Oh, we can, yeah you kind of work the muscles, I guess, don't you? And then it becomes more natural and easier to do. Exactly. And then it becomes a new normal. You become a better listener. You get, get up to that next level. Uh, but what we do is we tend to listen from habit or we listen selectively or we listen critically. We listen because we don't really agree with what the other person's saying. If we can let all of that stuff go and then just be with somebody, just be in the conversation, just be with them and absorb what they're saying, you pick up on things that are so crucial to keeping the sale moving. It's inspiring. You know, one of the main reasons why, one of the main 
challenges that I hear from salespeople is that they get their prospects to a certain level in their pipeline. So they'll, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll have a great first meeting, maybe even a second meeting with them, and then they'll, they'll just get to the negotiation stage of the opportunity, and all of a sudden the prospect disappears, doesn't respond to their calls. You know, this is a function of a number of things, but one of the key things that we've got to accept is that, um, one, we didn't fully get into their world. We didn't see what they're seeing, anticipate what they're anticipating, hear what they're hearing, and we didn't really appreciate their environment and challenges well enough. Two, we didn't really listen uh, as, as well as we could have done. And the, in the way to keep momentum throughout the sales process is to make sure that we are fully in their world and listening to what they've got to say. I love that. That's a brilliant explanation of it all, Glenn. And if someone listening is in that marvelous position where they have secured their first big meeting with a prospective client, what tips would you give them to make sure they set themselves up for the best possible chance of success? Is there kind of a checklist of things you'd suggest they do? That's a great question. That's a great question because really I think what I'd ask you to do is this. Go into that first meeting fully researched. Research that business. You've got so many resources nowadays to be able to research a business well. Research that individual. Find out what they've done, what's on their LinkedIn profile, whether they've been in the news at all. Really care about understanding that business, that market, and that individual. So when you go in, demonstrate that you've done your research, not in a show-off way, but in an intelligent, considered business type conversation, develop the conversation from there and stay in that conversation. Now, what we're trying to do when we sell is to understand the customer's needs, true needs, so that we can come up with a great solution. But keep asking the question why throughout the sales call, because often we don't get to the need or what I call the underlying interest. So for instance, let me give you an example. If someone says to me, Glenn, I need a cheaper price. That doesn't sound like a need to me, even though they've used the word need in the sentence. It sounds to me like a means to an end. So I'll ask, well, why do you need a cheaper price? And I'll keep asking until I get to the underlying interest. It may be they have a cash flow problem because of COVID. It may be that uh, uh, they uh, can't afford it to to pay in one lump uh, and they want a payment plan. The need is at the end of the the question why. So be very curious. So be well-researched, be very curious. And when you present, make sure that you present from the buyer's perspective, not from yours. When it comes to that time, after you've sharpened the ax and you've asked great questions and really understand their world, present what you do in the context of why your customer buys not from your perspective, present from their perspective, use their language, use their systems references, use their process references, really absorb what you've heard so that when you present your solution to them, you effectively present as though you're a member of their team. If you present as a member of their team, it's very easy to engage, gain rapport and maintain interest and close the deal. Having been on the receiving end of sales meetings that do exactly what you've just said, Glenn. Yes. It's an absolute joy to listen to them sell to you because you know they've got it. Yeah. 
But having been on the receiving end of many sales calls where you're like, you're just giving me your normal deck. You've gone through 20, 20 examples from industries I have no interest in. Mm. You know, it, it, you can, as the buyer, you can end up feeling almost like you're being held hostage, I think, in the worst scenarios. Whereas if, when it's done well, it feels just like a continuation of the conversation. It's just another step along the path. Exactly. It's all too, it's all too common that uh, people have a way of pitching, and regardless of what the customer says, they'll pitch in that way. They won't adapt their pitch according to what they've heard and tailor it completely to the person they're sitting in front of. So what the buyer is getting is a tired, old, mundane pitch, whereas what they deserve is 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 to em, uh, an embrace based on collaboration and a real understanding and caring for uh, for for them giving you some time as a seller. The other thing, the only final thing I'd, I'd like to um, add to this, Chloe, is that you know this this conversation about price more and more is becoming a uh, is a, a difficult one for sellers and solopreneurs and entrepreneurs to to to, to navigate. And what I'm noticing when I'm accompanying, accompanying them in the field is that they are pulling the customer into that price conversation. Whereas what buyers tell us constantly is they're not necessarily buying on price. Price only becomes an issue when they think that everything they're selling is exactly the same or whether they don't, or if they don't see the true value in what they're buying, price becomes an issue. So I'm really keen that the work is done previous to meeting this customer, that we really understand the true value of what it is we sell. Now, some people sell commodities and that's fine, but if you think there's value in what you sell, understand that value by really interrogating your customers and your prospects and your past customers, your existing customers, your colleagues, your network, really interrogate them. How would you use this product? And how would you realize the value of it? Because people want to buy value. So have, have the value conversation, develop your value questions, develop uh, your understanding of value constantly and keep asking your customer those questions. How are you going to use this? How are you going to value it? How many people in your business are going to be affected by this? And keep asking those kind of value questions that increase your understanding. I love that advice, Glenn, because I, I think too many people are both scared of talking about money and talk about it at the point where it's just not yet relevant to the conversation. Because like right. I said, most people are going is this right for my business? Is this going to do what I need? Then I'll, I'll see if we can afford it afterwards. Yeah. And, and it's two very different parts of the conversation. And I, I love the fact that earlier when we were talking about price, you said when they say, you know, I, I need this to be lower cost, going back with a why, not immediately going with a, uh, 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 we could take 10% off. Because often, as you said, the why might actually be different payment terms or a different payment plan, yeah. or actually you discover they don't need half of what you were planning on selling them. So actually you can do it without taking a hit. So um, I thought that those were all excellent pieces of advice, obviously, because you know so much about sales. <laughs> Glenn, you have shared so much great insight here. I um, I hope, I know we must have helped all of our lovely budding startups um, who are listening to to get ready for those all important sales calls and to, to do ever better on the next one, the next one, and the next one. Before we say goodbye though, could you let the listeners know how they can find out about you and your business on the web, please, if they want to know more and get more help on this journey? Sure, absolutely. Our business is called Kiss the Fish. We're at uh, www.kissthefish.net. 
we uh, have a, a range of training courses. Uh, our flagship course is called Master the Sales Conversation. We have courses on using questions to guide the conversation, developing your power, uh, your value proposition, presenting with power, the newest science of selling, a whole range of them that you'll find on kissthefish.net. And we've just developed a, a coaching app, actually, a sales coaching app, which is going to be uh, added to the website and available uh, from February. And it's based on a methodology that I've created called coach-based selling. The idea is that successful sellers today coach their buyers to make the right purchase rather than actually selling to them. So we want everyone to stop selling and start coaching. Uh, so our, our app takes you on an interactive coaching journey that enhances every area of your ability to sell consistently and elegantly. So our website will be updated with those details. If you want to reach out to me, you can reach out to me at uh, glenn at kissthefish.net. Uh, I always love a conversation about sales, happy to help and guide in any way. That's it really, Chloe. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. It's been excellent talking to you as well, Glenn. You've given such great advice to the audience and also given us uh, just a whole load of resources to help anyone who wants to continue their learning in this space and and become a true sales coach, customer, um, wower, I suppose, to use an (laughs) awful word. So thank you so much for being here and being such a great guest. My pleasure, Chloe. Thank you. Now, Glenn mentioned his new app is going live in February. Well, we recorded this interview in January when February was in the future. Obviously, it's now gone past February, which means you can find his app right now at kissthefish.net. Glenn really explained how selling is a lot simpler and easier to do than you probably think. For me, and yes, I'll be working on these to become a better salesperson too, I think his key points are... First of all, listen. Can we say that enough times? Um, I don't think we can. Really listen to your customers. If it's the only sales skill you pick up, it's the one that will make a huge difference to how well you convert those leads into customers. Secondly, ask why a lot. Get them talking. Make sure you really understand your customer and what they want from you. Thirdly, Once you truly understand what each customer needs and values, you've really listened to them, make sure you bring all that knowledge into your sales pitch. Adapt it, tweak it based on what you know they're interested in, what you know they value the most about your product or your service. We've covered a lot of ground in this episode. So to help you, you can find the summary notes and links to more free resources by visiting www.startupdonut.co.uk. And that's donut spelt D-O-N-U-T. Visiting www.startupdonut.co.uk could also really help you to save time and money. This series exists to help you complete key tasks and negotiate challenges when setting up and establishing your new business. It is now all live. Yes, season two is all live. All eight episodes you can hear right now. And series one is still there too. So you can listen to that that too. Please do spread the word to others you know who are setting up a business or thinking about it so they can benefit from the valuable tips our guests have shared too. And make sure you don't miss out on our next series by following us or subscribing to us on your podcast player of choice, so Apple Podcasts, Spotify, etc. And sign up to Startup Donut email alert at www.startupdonut.co.uk so you'll get email alerts when the next series is coming too. 
Huge thanks to FSB for making both series possible. And don't forget to download their free startup guide. Details coming up in just a moment. Running your own business is exciting. You've got a great idea, the ambition to succeed, and lots of questions about how you can make your business a success. That's why the Federation of Small Businesses is behind you every step of the way, whatever your business dreams. With FSB's Startup Hub, you'll learn business law basics, discover top tips for securing funding, and hear advice from successful entrepreneurs. From startup to scale-up, Start your business journey with the Federation of Small Businesses. Find out more and download a free startup guide today by visiting fsb.org.uk/start. 